So you have a six-year-old. Maybe they are at the ending of their kindergarten year or beginning of their first grade year. And you are evaluating where they are at and you're realizing, oh my goodness, my six-year-old cannot read. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing that is so bad that my kid cannot read as a homeschooling mama? Well, this episode is for you because I had a six-year-old, he's now seven, (laughs) who wasn't reading and it was frustrating and I wanted to share my journey with you to help you through this, mamas, because you are not alone. And in this episode, you're going to hear all about how my first two were reading way earlier And then when my third came, it was a whole different story. So if you have a child who's maybe five years old, six year old, seven year old, and you're like, they are not up to par in their reading, listen in to this one. And if you've been loving all of this content and value that I put out in this podcast, the best way to connect with me is on Instagram at Kawai underscore Aquin. That's K-A-W-A-I underscore a-h-q-u-i-n if you've been listening to this episode take a screenshot post it to your stories and tag me in it i would love to reshare it because it just beats so much that my experiences and knowledge and all of that is definitely helping you mamas through your journey all right let's jump into this episode aloha mamas you've made it to the homeschooling entrepreneur mom podcast I'm Kavaya Quinn, RN turned full-time entrepreneur and homeschool rock star to five kiddos. I know you're frustrated with homeschooling. You know there's a way to make it fun, but you haven't figured it out yet. And you're overwhelmed with combining homeschool and making money from home. You're wishing for a way to integrate homeschooling and building a business while giving your kiddos the gift of entrepreneurship. So if you're ready to create a homeschool filled with fun and adventures while you're making money, Get your favorite mama juice and throw your hair in a messy bun. Let's get to work. Aloha, my friends. Welcome to another episode. And today we're going to be talking about maybe your five, six, or seven-year-old. I use the age six-year-old because that's usually the age where most people expect their kids to be reading by then. And it's because our society and our education system has put it into place that This is about time they should be reading. (laughs) And it's nothing bad about the education system. It's just like that belief that was put upon me. And I remember when my first child, he was our only child for about almost four years. So we got to pour a lot of time and energy into him. And he was reading by four years old. (laughs) So I was like, wow, this wasn't hard. He got it instantly. And then my second child, he didn't talk till almost after two, which kind of blew my mind. (laughs) And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And then I realized that since he had an older brother to talk for him, that's why he didn't talk. Now he doesn't stop talking. So (laughs) that was, you know, taken care of real quick. But he started reading maybe a little bit before five. And I was like, okay, we're kind of on trend. This is good. And then my third child came. And then five years old came and went, and this kid was not reading. And when I say reading, and I'm going to, my disclaimer, I am not a reading professional. (laughs) I'm not any of that. I am a homeschooling mama sharing my experiences. And when my third child came along, I just had the expectation that, okay, 
he should be reading around five years old. That's around kindergarten. And he should be, you know, up to par if he's at least hits the reading. And when I'm saying reading, I'm like reading a simple book by then. Like three letters, nothing crazy, a few sight words in there. And he wasn't. <laughs> My third child was not. And I was getting frustrated with him and myself. I'm being really honest. I'm like, what's wrong with you, man? Like, let's read. Like, you know how to say the the letters. You know how, like, all the phonetic sounds. And it wasn't clicking for him. And I was starting to feel like I was failing him because I am i wasn't teaching him. I was like, what's wrong? I taught my first two how to read very early in age or at least up to par in my head what am i doing wrong with this third child like i'm doing the same things it should be working and it wasn't and i remember like bringing out a book started being frustrating and as a homeschooling parent that is one of the things we are privileged to see almost instantly we get to see our kids struggles with their learning right when it's happening Because when your child is in school, you don't see any of that. Maybe you see it at home in glimpses when they're doing homework, but usually their teacher at school will see it um, more often than you do. And then by the time you catch on, it's almost a little after the fact. And especially when it's not caught right there in the moment, it's kind of hard to remediate it in that moment. So that's one of the things I appreciate about homeschool and doing it for so many years, it made me realize like, oh, okay, I need to be more aware of these moments when my kid is struggling and not just react to it, (laughs) which I was doing in the beginning, not gonna lie, I'm still (laughs) human and I was like, this is supposed to work, guys, why isn't it working? (laughs) And when he wasn't, you know, hitting the same marks as my first two kids, I started questioning him, like, what, why, why are you doing, why aren't you doing what (laughs) I expected you to do? And then I had to like pull back. So what ended up happening was I had to realize what I was providing him was not working. It was not, it wasn't per se anyone's fault, but it was just being able to recognize like something had to change. And I remember when he was starting to get frustrated with bringing out the books, I was getting frustrated too. And I had to sit back and go, okay, wait, this is not supposed to be what learning is about. I had to do like a self-check to myself and be like, hey, you're not supposed to be almost like forcing this on him. It's not supposed to be, you know, like a hard thing for him. You need to continue to make it easy, simple, and at least somewhat enjoyable (laughs) like because when you think about it something that you're going through like if you're learning something new once it starts getting frustrating it's hard like you don't want to do it at all either so I had to pull back and realize like okay let's go back to the drawing board with this third son so That's the first thing you have to do too. If you have a child, and it doesn't have to only be reading, but if you have a child at a certain age and you had an expectation that they should have already known something at that point, but they don't, then first thing (laughs) is, I always tell this, and I, I have to remind myself too, is to take a break 
give them grace, give your child grace, and give yourself grace. And that could look like either taking a five to 10 minute break at that moment and coming back to it. It could be taking a break for the day and be like, okay, we're going to revisit this tomorrow. It could be taking a break for a week and just letting both of you decompress from that. Like it, it will look different for however far you have gotten into it, however frustrating it has become. Take a break. It is okay to do that. And it doesn't mean to do absolutely nothing. It could mean like, okay, let's go and do something that you, I know you really enjoy. So my third child really loves drawing. So we'll go have him draw and I'll have him draw something else. I'll have him like dive into another subject. Maybe I'll put an educational video on about a subject that he loves and things like that. Like it basically means just take a break from whatever is frustrating you guys. And then it could be fulfilling you with something that basically you enjoy or he enjoys or vice versa. The second thing to do (laughs) is you might have to really change your methods. And it doesn't mean you have to buy an entirely new curriculum. For us, I actually had like three curriculums of reading (laughs) on hand. You know, that's a homeschooling um, side effect, just saying having way too much curriculum and I was just initially using the first one that worked really well with my two older kids and it just wasn't working really well for my third (laughs) so I went and said okay this is definitely not working identifying that and I eased into another method and I told him okay we're gonna just do something totally different and this other method I could have started off where he technically was at, but I decided to go to the beginning. I was like, we're going to relearn the sounds, the phonics, the blends. We're going to just go through that again. Like, it doesn't do them any harm to do a really good review. So that's what I did. I went all the way back to the beginning of the second curriculum. Um, The main difference between the two was the first one was more of like a textbook style where it had worksheets in it, but it was just very plain black and white. This second one was a small book. I I feel like I need to tell you what they were. <laughs> I forgot what the first one name is because I haven't used it for a few years. But the second one was a part of the Abeka program, a reading, um, Abeka reading program. And it was their blends books. So what I did was I took their blends, blends book and say that fast five times (laughs) and I basically went back to the beginning and had him just practice the blends of the letters and we did that we did a few of that a few pages of that every single day and I was like that is your reading that's all we're doing today and I gave myself grace to be like it's okay he will pick up on it eventually and that's one thing to remind you yourself with your child will pick up on it eventually just not yet And that is okay. Like the best few examples I can give is I remember when my baby was, my fourth was super small. So she was, I want to say at that age where she should, I should be teaching her how to roll over, but I didn't. (laughs) And I remember telling this to my cousins because they had babies within a few months. We all had babies a few months apart. And they were there like super excited to teach their babies how to roll over, how to start moving and crawling. 
And I told them, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And they're like, why? Why wouldn't you teach your baby how to roll over? I was like, I taught her how to lift her head up. But I'm not teaching her how to move just yet. Because once she starts moving, then I have to find her. <laughs> I have to like box her in. I have to really pay attention more. Right now, I'm just going to enjoy like whatever weeks, months, I have left of her staying in one place and still being happy and content and comfortable because I know eventually she will pick up on that and she will just go. Same thing with your kid. Oh, by the way, yes, she did. She picked up on it real quick and she went. And I remember one of my cousins telling me when she had her second child, so this is after um, our girls were older, She's like, oh my gosh, now I totally understand why you did that. Just having your baby not be able to move just for a little while longer is so much easier. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. He, they'll move eventually. So same thing with your child who is not reading or who is not getting a concept. They will get it. They will get it eventually. Maybe they'll take a, a longer time, a very different path. Maybe you just have to change the method that you're teaching them. So that's what I did. I changed the method with my six-year-old. And we just went way back to basics. And then after that, we did a whole lot of read-alouds. And I remember thinking before, like way before that read-alouds was just for like preschoolers and little babies and kids. But the truth is, I still read aloud to my kids now. Like my oldest is 12. And we still do read-alouds. And there is something when, um, that clicks in your brain. I don't know if this is like scientifically true. It probably is if you Google it. But I know with my kids, when I read aloud to them, it's almost like an audible. They can hear it and visualize it and we talk about it. So that's one thing that I, I know it kind of clicks differently in their head. So I read aloud to my six-year-old and I have him read back to me and we do it back and forth. And there was actually another program from Usborne. They have their first reading library. That is actually what we transitioned into after we did Abeka's like blending and going through the phonics again and all of that. So we transitioned to the Usborne books. And I like those books because you read alongside each other and it really gives them confidence. So that's where we started to go into now my son he turned seven just last month last couple months and he is finally up to the point where he can pull out a book confidently and read and I remember just reflecting upon it and going wow <laughs> it wasn't that long guys I'm not saying your child will be reading instantly in a few months a year or whatever it is but if you are only continuously doing the same thing and expecting a different result, then you're just literally not failing. Like that is failing because that is called insanity. Like if you keep doing the exact same thing and you expect a different result. So my advice to you is to one, give yourself grace, give your kid some breaks and give them grace. And then two, ease into another method and go back to review. Like even before where you think they are, you probably missed a few things that that's why it's not connecting for them. So go all the way back and review it. And once you see them like really picking up on it and doing it quicker, then be like, okay, he is feeling a lot more confident in it. Now we can move on. Because when you start building confidence in your child, in their learning, 
they will want to do it more. So it may feel slow for you. It may feel like you're going backwards. But the truth is you're probably going back to the point that they needed in order to gain the confidence to move forward. So that's another um, advice. And the last one is just to try another method after that. Try another method. And what you're looking for is not only for them to either like be reading or having improvement, but the key is to look to see, are they enjoying this learning process? Are they actually building their confidence in it and want to do more of it? Are they picking up that book without you telling them to get the book? Are they opening up the pages and interested in it? Or are they like sitting down grudgingly like saying the words like are they leaning in pick up on those cues because when you can see that in your child now you know okay I got something here they are you know diving into it more they are loving it a little more and this is not a struggle for them anymore yes here and there there are words might be hard to pronounce but that's why you're there with them but it's not a struggle to the point where they don't want to do it so that's my tips on that your six-year-old will be a-okay you are doing amazing mama you can continue to help them flourish in this homeschooling and I just want to leave you with this just because your six-year-old is not reading at this point, it doesn't define their future. Especially if you are a homeschooling mom, you will be able to figure it out. I feel like that's what moms do so well. We figure things out. And I just wanted to give you some tips to help you through that. Because in the moment, it is frustrating for you too, as a homeschooling mama, thinking you failed your child. But the truth is, they are still six. They are still so young. I look at my six-year-old, well, now he's seven, but I look at him and I still see that little four or five-year-old wanting to play, wanting to discover. And I love that in him. And I feel like we get to a point in society where we expect our kids to grow up so fast. And this is a reminder to Enjoy the moments in your kid, the innocence in your kids, the way that they just love to play. And it's okay. Let them draw. Let them play a little. And then go back to learning how to read. They will get it, mamas. And if you are going to take at least one of these tips and utilize it, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, post it to your stories on Instagram, tag me, let me know what method you're going to use, and tag me at at Kavai underscore Aquin on Instagram. That's K-A-W-A-I underscore A-H-Q-U-I-N. Because I would love to know if this content is really giving you value and helping you out, mamas. All right, my friends, go out and make your day amazing because only you can do that. Hey, mama friend, if this podcast inspired, encouraged, or gave you confidence to take action today, I would love for you to share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Kavai underscore Aquin. Then drop it in a message to another friend who needs to hear it too. The biggest compliment would be for you to take a minute from your busy mama day and leave me a review and subscribe. I'm so grateful for you and I'd love to keep this conversation going. 
The best way to connect would be in my Facebook group, bit.ly slash H-E-M support group. Till next time, lots of aloha. Kawaii.